0: Hello everyone! Welcome back to the afterlife. It's been a while, right? It's been 4 months since I last uploaded an episode. And you might be wondering why I was MIA for so long. Well, if you're following us on Twitter, you may already have an idea that I would be gone because of adulting stuff. A lot of things happened since August. First, I had a job, so I was busy because of that for months then, because of many reasons, I left it as well. I also thought I would be entering graduate school, but that has been postponed for next year. And because of these in real life stuff, I chose to take a break not just in podcasting, but also in watching series in general. I don't know who can relate with me in this, but there are times when watching shows or series can make the reality seem realer than it actually is instead of helping one forget about it. And that was the case for me, which was too much for me to bear at that time, so I chose to take a break for my sanity. But things are somehow getting better for me. It's ironic because now that I have left my job, it's it kind of feels like I'm back to square one but not also. It's not it's really a mix of different emotions. For one reason, I'm happy, but for another reason, I'm sad and afraid. And this season in my life is actually very personal to me, but I think I'm not alone. I think many people are in a similar situation if not the same after everything the pandemic in 2020 brought upon us. That's why I mustered up the courage to finally show up here and talk about it. I want to share the gift I received from Santa. I know it came a few days late from Christmas and for that I'm very sorry, but honestly I find it difficult to do everything on my own including the teaser videos and photos, and of course a script, recording this episode and editing since my sister cannot help me this time. But I still wanted to fight for this, to release this episode before the year ends because it is a gift which I believe is very important for us to receive before we bid goodbye to 2020 and welcome a new year. The gift came in the form of a Korean drama. Not surprising, I know. But when I was contemplating about the series I should talk about as a year-ender for the podcast, it's the one that came to my mind. Its English title summarizes what I want us to remember as 2020 ends. It's okay to not be okay. Many of us cried because of this drama back then when it was still running, and I know we have a lot to say about this drama and how it made us feel. But before we proceed to that, let me give our new listeners a background about The Afterlife. The Afterlife is a place where we relive the lives we once lived through the shows we've watched, remembering our favorite moments and characters. We'll talk about the scenes that made us laugh, cry, and angry. Then we'll have a glimpse of our life after the series, carrying all the lessons we've learned. To do that, there will be spoilers so to those who haven't watched the series yet, you know the drill already, (laughs) that's a disclaimer. I'm not sure how much we will be spoiled tonight, but I hope no matter how much I share, my thoughts and feelings about the series will inspire you to experience it yourself. Now, ready or not, let's proceed to tonight's series. It's Okay to Not Be Okay simultaneously premiered on TVN and Netflix on June 2020 and had 16 episodes. It starred Kim Soo Hyun and So Ji. If you're not familiar with these names, Kim Soo Hyun is the male lead of the dramas My Love from the Star and The Producers, while So Ji starred in Save Me and Hua The drama tells the story of Moon Kang Tae a psychiatric ward caretaker played by Kim Soo-hyun and Ko Moon-yung, a best-selling children's book writer with antisocial personalities order, played by Soya ji Another vital character in the series is Moon Sang-te, kang older brother and moon Young's fan, who is in the autism spectrum. He is played by Oh Jung-se, who starred in the dramas Touch Your Heart and When the Camellia Blooms. As for the plot, I actually don't want to give away too much. Because this drama is especially good to watch because of the suspense it brought to viewers each episode. So, I want you guys to watch it for those who haven't yet. But I'll at least tell you how the three ended up meeting. I believe the first meeting of the three that was shown in the drama was during Komunyong's book signing event. Moon Kangte, of course, accompanied his brother, Moon Sangte. And while waiting for their turn, Kangte came out for a while to take a call. But during the time he was out, Sangte was harassed by a kid's parents in front of him when he approached a kid wearing a dinosaur costume. This triggered Sangte, and Kangte, of course, hearing the commotion, ran inside and covered his brother. Munyong approached them and confronted the parents, asking them why they ruined her event. They exchanged harsh words, and the reporters caught on with what's happening and they go wild in taking pictures. Then, as established in the early episodes, Moon Kangte and Moon Sangte have been going from town to town ever since they left their home after their mother's murder. Sangte witnessed the murder and it became a traumatic experience for him. And every time he gets triggered by the form of butterflies, the brothers leave for another town. But one day they decide to go back to their hometown where Kangte transferred to OK Psychiatric Hospital. The incident during the book signing event affected negatively Moon Young's reputation. While Sang-in, her publisher, is having a nervous breakdown after all the cancellations and complaints he's been receiving following the event, Moon Young goes to Song Jun city where Kang Tae is and visits him in the hospital. From there, their story began to unravel as the drama also told stories about the patients in OK Psychiatric Hospital. Personally, I anticipated this drama because it is the first drama of Kim Soo Hyun ever since he got out of the army. It's like his comeback work, and the teasers are also aesthetically pleasing. However, I did not watch it as it aired for the first half of the drama. I think it was either because I was busy preparing for the podcast or I was still high from hospital playlist that I couldn't focus on a new one. I'm not sure which is the reason or maybe it's both, I don't know really, but I heard good feedback from the people in my feed saying that the children's books were well written and the stories made them cry because of their relatability. Like I mentioned earlier and I think in a previous episode as well, there are times when I like to veer away from dramas that are too realistic, so I think that was also a contributing factor. But because my mother watched it on our TV, I was kind of forced to watch it as well, like I usually am, whenever she watches dramas on Netflix. So I was able to catch up when there were around. Siguro mga 4 to 6 episodes left. My first impressions were mostly about the aesthetics of the drama. It was really pretty, and of course, that includes Moon Young's fits. She's so pretty, and she pulled off every look. And aside from that, I really liked how they were able to give off um, some sort of a fantasy vibe when the story is nowhere near being a fantasy. I think it helped establish the world Moon was living in, knowing how she was raised by her mother. And of course, the actor's acting. I was really wowed, especially by Soya Ji, because it's the first drama of hers that I watched, actually. And she portrayed the role very well. It made me curious about her story and what made her like that. Oh jung said surprised and did not surprise me at the same time. I've seen his versatility as an actor when he portrayed different roles in his previous dramas. I have nothing but respect to him really. And well, I have nothing new to say about Kim Soo-hyun. He is a top actor and everyone knows that. He was able to portray the role very well even during scenes when he had little to no lines at all. The casting director did a great job getting these actors to act as munyong sangte and kangte i doubt there would be a better tree to portray these roles than them and these are just a few of the impressions and opinions i have about this drama there are a lot to say about the series there is the main story the love story between munyong and kangte the stories of the patients in the hospital and the stories of the other characters And as much as I would like to talk about everything, because I know you guys have a lot to say, have a lot of feelings and thoughts about all parts, I will be focusing on the meaning of the title of this drama for me and the important things on one's road to healing, as shown in the drama. There is so much we've experienced this year because of the pandemic. We've lost jobs, we've lost opportunities, lost loved ones, lost hope, and lost dreams. I may not know how exactly each of you feel or how each of you are doing and feeling at the moment but i know in one way or another we are in need of healing it's okay to not be okay told a great story about healing and shared crucial things about healing that we can adapt to our own circumstances especially as we move on from 2020 and move forward to a new year before i proceed just a disclaimer i'm not claiming to be an expert I just would like to share what I learned from the drama and my experiences as well in relation to that. I encourage everyone to seek professional help if you are in need and if you have the means to do so. I actually found an account on Instagram that helps people be connected with licensed professionals for long-term long-term help or if you just need to talk to someone right away. It's called Your Safe Space at Your Safe Space PH. I tried signing up and I receive referrals from them in numbers I can text or call, so it's legit. You can check out their page at Ph. I also would like to give a trigger warning. There will be mentions of abuse, trauma, and pain throughout the rest of the episode, so if you are not comfortable listening, you may choose to end this episode or listen to another one. Let's begin with the title itself. It's okay to not be okay. I've heard of this sentence many times already, but it never brought me comfort the way it did this year. The drama setting being a psychiatric hospital where people are being treated for their mental illnesses brought about by traumatic experiences is just perfect for the drama to tell the message that it's okay to not be okay. It showed that people have different reactions, defense, and coping mechanisms to trauma or negative experiences. Some of the patients in the hospital include a Vietnam War veteran who is suffering from PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, victims of abuse, one from her ex-husband and the other from her father who are admitted for anxiety and DID or dissociative identity disorder, respectively, and the mother is suffering from psychotic disorder after losing her daughter to a car accident. We know that not everyone who experiences the same traumatic experiences as the patients did get admitted to a hospital but there are those who do like them and no one should be shamed for that. People have different tolerance level, levels to physical pain and the same is true about mental and emotional pain or trauma no one should be told that they should not feel this way or that they should not react that way because all pain is valid no matter how big or small one thing the pain is personally i'm guilty of doing this to myself this year i cannot recall how many times i shamed myself for feeling one way or for being in pain because of one thing i felt guilty for crying because of something because i know i'm doing well compared to others It's a constant struggle to recognize the privilege that I have while also letting myself feel my pain because it is valid. I hope you are not doing the same to yourself. No one gave us a heads up about how 2020 would turn out so it's okay to feel lost and confused about what you should be doing right now. It's okay if you're not as flexible as your friends or batchmates are who found different ways to earn money in the middle of a pandemic. It's okay if you choose to take a break from work for your mental health. It's okay if you stay offline as long as you need. It's okay if you find yourself in the same position as you were in March when the pandemic started. You are not a failure. As long as you are showing up to yourself every day, you're good. It's okay to not be okay even during the holidays. It's okay to not be okay and no one is hurrying your healing. I remember the patient who was a war veteran. There was a scene where he was talking to the director of the hospital. The director encouraged him to leave the hospital and join the society, believing that he is ready to go. He was not being forced or anything. Instead, he was being empowered to live his life outside after spending years or maybe decades in the hospital. And he did. And he was wished well by the director, hoping that he wouldn't have to go back. However, after a triggering incident, hours later, he went back to the hospital. And he was welcomed once more with no judgment. I hope we all have that freedom as well. But I know we all live different lives. And for many, there are responsibilities and things expected from us which make it difficult for us to take all the time we need. Nevertheless, I pray that at least you have yourself to allow you to feel how you feel and rest when you need to rest. Being okay with not being okay is one thing, but accepting and admitting that you are in need of healing is another. This is evident in the lives of the two leads, Kang Tae and Moon Young. Events in their childhood caused them pain, but because it was not addressed properly as children, the pain was just buried deep in their hearts and they continued to live their lives as if the pain did not exist when in reality, they were like the cheerful dog in one of the children's books written by Munyong The cheerful dog that is happy and all smiles in the morning when people are around but is whimpering every night in its sleep because it is still stuck with its leash tied. It took a long time for them to acknowledge and face the pain they've been hiding and it took each other's help to do that. I'm no professional, but as shown in the drama and based on my own experiences, I believe that accepting your situation and admitting that you need to heal is the first step in healing. Without fully facing your pain and acknowledging what it is doing to you, you will not be able to heal completely because you wouldn't know you are hurting in the first place. The story of the zombie kid is a good symbolism of this. The zombie kid was just fed Because his mother thought he has no feelings and that he only has a desire to eat. At the end of the story, as the zombie kid hugs his mother after her mother sacrificed her body for her child, we hear him speak for the first time in his life. Mom, you're so warm. Because the mother did not know what her child really needs and just assumed that he only needs to be fed, she ended up losing herself and the kid's need and desire to be held and loved was only met for a short time in the last seconds of her life. I think it's safe to say that I'm an expert at this. I'm the best at finding solutions that do not address the problem. And it's not even doing the wrong thing to address the problem. It's more like doing everything but try to address the problem because I do not know or even try to know the problem. I've lost count of the number of times I tried to rest by binge-watching k-dramas because I thought I needed something else to do other than work, or when I attempted to feel the emptiness by keeping myself occupied with many things because I thought I was just bored or not used to doing nothing. Obviously, I just ended up hurting myself more until I was forced to look into myself, my heart. That's when I learned I was in pain and I am in need of feeling. What comes with admitting our need to heal is facing what caused our pain. This is like a prerequisite to healing. It may sound like torture because you'll have to dig deep down your heart to know and face the truth of what hurts you, which will 100% hurt you even more, but it's necessary. But also, it is because of this that many just choose to run away and escape, like what the Moon Brothers did. According to Sangte, they fled or traveled from town to town for more than fifteen times. But when Kangte asked him if he wants to go back to their hometown, Sangte did not hesitate, and Kangte realized that it was just him—him him being a coward. I honestly cannot blame Kangte for fearing to go back. Haven't we all experienced that—wanting to just escape because we're so done with the pain, even though we know that running away does not fix the problem? Oh boy, I'm telling you. We can go on and on and on about how I've done this for years. Because it's so easy to run away. You just pack up and leave and try to live a quote-unquote new life. But stay with the baggage from the past that weighs you and your heart down. And there will come a time when you will have to unpack it. You will have to face your past, your pain, because that is the only way to completely heal and cut off the leash that's been holding you back for a long time. Whether you are forced to face your pain or you willingly do it, it never gets easy because you'll have to face head-on the very source reason of your hurt. But as we've witnessed in the series, having a good support system helps a lot. Munyong, Kangte, and Sangte went through difficult times when they finally faced their past. But with the help of people around them and the support they got from each other, their roads to healing became a little better. I think the three are in the right place and the right time when the truth of their past unraveled. Not only that they are literally where everything happened, they are also surrounded by the right people. The hospital staff, especially the director who is so supportive of them and their healing. Their friends and the people they've worked with who eventually became friends to them. These people may not entirely understand what they are going through, but they tried their best to become the support they need. They protected them and helped them to be there for each other. Even when Moon Young kept pushing people away, including Kante, she was not left alone because these people know that she needs people right now more than ever, especially Kante who is going through something similar. While it is easy to say that one should ask for help when one is hurting, it is understandable when one wants to keep everything to themselves, just like what Moon Young did. Because of what she learned, she felt guilty and miserable and decided to bear everything herself. Some people tend to isolate themselves for other reasons as well. I've experienced pushing people away because I thought I was being a bother and a burden to them. Even though they're my friends and they are the ones reaching out to me, I felt like I'm just dragging them to the mess I created for myself and that they do not deserve to clean up the mess with me. That's why I'm very grateful for my friends who stuck with me. Who stuck with me even if I'm pushing them away. As an impatient person, I don't think I would stay with me if it's even possible. So I'm thankful for my friends who stay with me and believed with me all these years. They're one of the biggest reasons I haven't given up on myself yet, on myself and on many other things. Even though there were still days when I just want to disappear from the world and not be reachable by anyone, the times I witnessed how they fought with me and for me make me forget those attempts to disappear and just focus on my healing, knowing that these people got me. It's really important to let people in and get strength from them. It's an integral part of healing. We don't have to go through everything alone, especially when we have our friends and family who want to support us. If you're feeling guilty or feeling guilty for being a bother or a burden like I do, you can always extend to them your gratitude and appreciation and return support and encouragement when they need it once you're capable to do so. I don't think they're doing it for the sake of having someone for them when it's their turn to be in need. They're being there for you, for us, because they love us. And that's what loved us. And with that, we have come to the last part of tonight's episode, the life after the series. We learned four things from it's okay to not be okay. First, it's okay to not be okay. Then in our road to healing, the first step is to admit that we have to heal. And as we walk towards our healing, we will have to face the truth of our past, of what hurts us. It is difficult and will never be easy. But as we let people in and receive strength from them, we will not be alone as we take each step towards healing. 2020 was a difficult year. Things are somehow getting better with the vaccine being available and industry slowly opening up but we still don't know what 2021 has in store for us. While all we hope and pray for is the pandemic to be over and for COVID-19 to be completely defeated, the future is not in our hands. But as we end this year, and before we welcome the new year in less than two days, I hope we can spend time to check on ourselves, talk to ourselves about what this year meant to us and how this year affected us, and see if there are something in our hearts that haven't been addressed properly. While healing takes time, I hope we can at least cut off whatever it is that is holding us back and regain control over our lives, our hearts. We don't have to be controlled by our pain and our past. We can walk free and decide on how we want to move forward from 2020. Again, I'm not an expert and I am in no way imposing anything I say. I just would like to share what I learned as well as my own experiences. I encourage everyone to seek professional help if you are in need and if you have the means to do so. Again, you may reach out to at your ph on Instagram if you need referrals. If you're still there, thank you so much for listening to tonight's episode. I hope you can watch It's Okay to Not Be Okay if you haven't yet. And for those who've watched it already, how is it? Aside from what I talked about today, is there anything else you've learned from the drama? I'd love to hear from you. You may reach out to us through Facebook at The Afterlife and on Instagram and Twitter at The Afterlife PH. Yes, you heard that right, we are now on Facebook, so please don't forget to visit our page and give it a like. You will see sneak peeks about the next episodes or our plans for the podcast on our socials, so make sure to follow us and turn on your notifications to stay updated. Obviously, this is the last episode for this year, so see you guys next year. We'll be back sometime in January, so please stay tuned. And I'd like for you to participate in the making Yeah, somehow the making of the next episode, so I will be posting polls about the dramas of the year and something like that. So please head on to our socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to participate in the polls. I'd really appreciate it. Now that we've processed and unloaded our thoughts and feelings about a life we once lived, it's time to say goodbye. Let's meet again next year in the afterlife.